Welcome to As A Creator, the podcast that dives deep into the minds and stories of the top content creators on Instagram and TikTok. I'm your host, Charlotte Trucarton. I'm a TikTok creator and owner of Tar Charms Water Bottle Accessories, and I'm thrilled to be here with you. Today, we're talking to Eddie Panero, also known as Your World Within on all social media platforms. He's a motivational speaker and writer and posts these types of videos that you listen to when you just want to get amped up. He is an incredibly well-rounded creator because of his expansiveness on almost every platform. He has over 100,000 followers on Instagram, 100,000 on TikTok, 600,000 subscribers on YouTube, 600,000 downloads a month on Spotify, and he's growing a ton on all these platforms every day. In this episode, we talk about his journey as a creator since 2014, how he's able to post on so many platforms, how he comes up with content, and we even talk about his ad revenue from YouTube. Now, before we get started, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Char Charms. If you own a water bottle, Char Charms will make your hydration fun and functional. Shop water bottle accessories at charcharms.com. Now let's get started. Eddie, welcome to As a Creator. It's so awesome to have you on. Thanks, Charlotte. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's super cool. So for everyone listening, um, one of my founder friends sent over Eddie's profile and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is so motivational. And I listen to a lot of like motivational, like Spotify stuff already. So was super into your content. And I'm really excited to hear about your content creation strategy, how you go about that. You're probably the most well-rounded creator that I've had on my on my podcast so far, just because of all the different platforms that you're on. Um, so I'd love to start from the beginning. Tell me what was your first platform that you started on and why? Yes, yeah, so my first platform was YouTube. And um, that was uh, really the only major platform I was on for a long time. Like I did the posting on other places too, just because like, you know, it's easy to chuck a link different places. Uh, but my strategy was don't grow wide yet when you're starting out and trying to find your voice grow um uh vertically right so i wanted to to duck. and usually if you if you do well in one place and you find your presence in one space it then becomes easier to sort of disperse your message uh, in ways that are conducive to each form but but yeah i mean um my my backstory was um one that i think a lot of people find themselves in i was doing the sort of the corporate thing the nine to five i was working for an insurance company um, but just really loved the creative side of things. I mean, but it always pulled me in that direction. And so even when I, I was working in the corporate world, I was building a studio, I was writing music, um, producing with people in Boston and, uh, ultimately left my job and I call it the, the year of wandering, but it was one of the most important years of my life. You know, I was, um, I, I made an acoustic album that like five people bought, you know, thank you, grandma. And um, was playing acoustic shows all over Boston, was doing creative writing, was taking the camera out and making movies. And um, when I say movies, I mean just like, you know, films, getting B-roll, stuff like that. And uh, the first YouTube video I ever made was um, that feeling, you know, I've been doing it for a while and wasn't having the success I had in the corporate world financially, obviously. Um, you know, it was really hard to make ends meet. And so I'm like you know, why don't you sit down and try something you've never done? And I wrote sort of a creative piece called Ode to Excellence that was uh, a promise to myself that no matter how difficult things get, you'll put your back against the wall and you'll give it a shot. Because I'd never taken any really big risks in my life before. 
And it was like kind of just hanging there. And it was my own speech. And I knew how to use Pro Tools and edit audio from the music. So I wrote, recorded it. Um, I was composing a lot of background music at that time, getting visuals, put it all together, made a movie or a little video, sent it out to the world. And uh, that was it. I loved doing it. And uh, it really helped people. So I'm like, I'm following that direction. You know, how long ago was that? That was 2014. That was a long time ago. Like what's required to win on YouTube has changed over the years. And so I've adjusted the output to sort of meet that demand. So in 2014, 15, 16, it was views. Views are what mattered. Clicks were what mattered. And uh, so most of my speeches were three minute, almost like songs is what they felt like. You know, it would be like uh, the music would be soft, pick up, big crescendo at the end. And my speech would kind of cater to that, that approach. Are you still doing all the editing yourself? I've outsourced it. Okay. I'm tr like there's still some that I do, but like it's, I'm telling you, and I'm sure you hear this all the time. It's such a pain point because it becomes so personal to you as a creator and you don't want to let it go. Um, but I've found people that I trust and that are good and reliable and, you know, we communicate well back and forth and like, you know, over the past year or so, I've been better about letting it go and it, it frees you up to then do more of those creative things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do, which I think is a real important message for people, um, that are in a similar spot. Yeah, absolutely. So what does your content creation strategy look like now on like a week to week basis? How much time are you putting into it? What does that look like? Um, so a lot of time, a lot of time. It's, it's really the engine, um, for what I'm doing. Uh, so when I can, I will create long form and then break long form down into usable pieces. That's always my strategy. So I'm, I've gotten into the TikToks and Instagrams. I've done okay there in the short form game, but it's, to me, it's a different approach and it's taken a lot of personal growth from me because it's a totally different skill set than telling a, a 20 minute story. You know, where you're setting it up, you're giving your your example, and then you're saying, and by the way, here's how it can happen and or help you. It's a way different format. So um, what I do now is every every week for the podcast and YouTube, which is the same thing technically, um, I write in Evernote, you know, as I'm sort of experiencing things, you know, different ideas. And then I'll sit down to write my three speeches, um, not always the same day, but three speeches for the podcast that week. Um, so I'll write them, I'll record them, uh, send the audio off, uh, and the video of me recording it, speaking it off to, um, an editor who then like makes it nice and, uh, then gets like little short pieces of content to distribute on, you know, micro content for all the other platforms. Uh, so that's the most important thing, uh, still to me, the YouTube and the podcast. And then, um, like I said, I'm trying to be better about short form as well. So, um, I have someone who's going through all my speeches, taking like short quotes, short snippets, thoughts, ideas, things I've said, chopping them up for Twitter and now threads. Um, and uh, also doing short form specifically for Instagram. So like just, you know, I'll write down 15 ideas. Some of them work, some of them don't, but I speak them all into a camera and send them off. So there's content flying all over the place. Wow. Um, By the way, how long does that take you every week to do that? Probably two, three days, maybe two and a half days. If we're talking start to finish, all social media on my end, my side, uh, talk, writing it, recording it, talking into the camera, about that. Okay, and are you also posting it or is that one of your managers that's doing the posting? The only thing I still have is Instagram. 
Okay. But that's even that. Charlotte, gotta let go. Gotta let go. So <laughs> I soon, know. soon she will be posting on Instagram. Yeah, that's how I feel. I still run our company Instagram account. And I'm like, oh, one day, like, I won't be posting on this. It's it's one of those things that just takes time to like give to other people that you really have to trust. But it'll happen eventually for you and for me. How often are you posting right now on your on your Instagram account, on your TikTok account? What's the frequency on those? Um, yeah, so Instagram we're doing uh, one or two a day. Okay. Um, ide- ideally two a day, and then uh, TikTok we're doing three. Um, just started blowing up Twitter, tweeting like ten times maybe a day. That's um, a ton. YouTube is three. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a mix of uh, like video content, short, and then the long form podcast, and then quotes. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. I want to talk a little bit about short form content, right? Because a lot of people that listen sure. to this, you know, you have mastered long form. You have almost six hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is absolutely massive. Congratulations! Um, yeah. But with your short form, when you are taking clips from your long form plugging it into TikTok and Instagram. Do you have any strategy? Because you have over 100,000 followers on both Instagram and TikTok. So like, that's still substantial. Mm. Like you have grown, you have a following, people know who you are on those platforms. Do you have a strategy or does your social media person have a strategy that you taught her for captions, hashtags, um, doing text on screen, anything like that? So what I've found, and again, this is anecdotal. I don't have data to point to this on anywhere but YouTube. Uh, It's like the title and thumbnail on YouTube are almost everything. Like title, thumbnail, watch time, click-through rate. Like that stuff really matters. I haven't found that that matters as much anywhere else. Um, Like TikTok and Instagram. Like for me, the thing I'm worried about is find the one line in this speech that's going to resonate and be shared, right? And so you don't know, you're throwing darts at the dartboard. It's never the video that you think it's gonna be, but that's always the name of the game. It's like find a piece that uh, one can be consumed in 10 to 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Um, because a lot of what I talk about require, you know, it's a three minute story. So it's like, can we can we capture that little piece? Um, and uh, yeah, fire as many away as possible. Um, and then yeah, visually like, um, I think for YouTube, uh, my editor in charge there does alter it a little bit, the visuals, uh, but not a ton. Um, and then for like the stuff made specifically the short form that was never had nothing to do with long form or anything like that, brand new short form video that I'm, I'm trying to reverse engineer things that, um, I think are good stories or that will captivate that will move people. So. Yeah, I think the big difference between YouTube and TikTok and like short form that what I've seen is like, especially on TikTok and Instagram, or probably even mostly on TikTok is like that, like, raw, Mm. you just picked up your phone, you're talking to the people. Yeah, it's 100% informal, casual. It's not like Instagram feels like a resume, you know? Yeah. Um, The the brand and style that I've built over the years is one of like, it's sort of high production. So it would be a break, but it is something that we've talked about when we're brainstorming, trying and, you know, whether it's getting up, sharing a thought or in the car or whatever. I mean, I mean, so this has been a stylistic thing and uh, almost intentional, but something that, you know, uh, 
with my team, we talk about all the time sort of moving into this space. So there's the idea of deep work and, um, you know, it's removing distractions and really honing in on a craft, whatever that is, right? And so for me, the idea has been um, very long-term. Like, I'm not winning now. I want to win at 45, right? I want to be the Emerson of our time, which is like a ridiculous thing to even say, but it's supposed to be. That's what a goal is. And so to me, it was like really focusing on the behind the scenes, the writing, even most of my videos until six months ago, didn't even have my face on YouTube, right? It's just B-roll, writing, speaking, writing, speaking, writing, speaking. So now I'm sort of emerging from that and I'm doing live videos on Instagram and putting my face out there and interacting because you're right. People want to, you know, it's about relationships. People want to see who you are and what you're about. And, and that's the fun of social media. You got to be social. Um, but it's a, it's a transition that, uh, you know, uh, very intentionally making. How did that impact your views and your audience and all of that when you started putting your face out there? Oh, I saw it very quickly. It became apparent. Yeah, there's just that. I mean, people people don't want to talk to your world within. They want to talk to a face. They want to talk to Eddie. And it's just that personal piece. Um, a lot of people being vulnerable and sharing in the messages where p- before they hadn't. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's one of... Um, uh, I had a coach for a little bit. It was one of the most important things he said was, uh, my YouTube channel used to be your world within that's the name of the podcast now, but that's what the YouTube channel was too. And he's like, no, one's going to hire your world within to speak. No one wants to, you know, sit down with your world within. Like they want to hire Eddie to speak. They want to sit down with Eddie and you need to make that brand change. And I thought about it. I'm like, that's right. man. that's 100% right on. And I did that. And, uh, again, one of the best moves I've made. No question. That's so true. It made me feel like I knew you before we hopped on because like I've seen your face. So you just you just become someone that people can relate to even more just by seeing your face. So I love that. So I kind of want to shift gears and talk a little bit about your strategy behind creating content. You are creating such cool content and it's very deep and motivational, obviously. Um, How do you come up with your ideas? What does that look like? Yeah, it's you know what? Since I started doing this, what it does is it like puts you in tune, like you become analytical a little bit. So like you look for the stories in life and you look for the lessons and you always have these sort of antennas up. And uh, that's one of the things I've always tried to do. And and I think um, it's what's helped me differentiate myself a little bit. It's like there's a lot of people in, we'll call it personal development, that have wisdom or they've experienced something and they know something but it's you should, you should, you should, you should. And that's just not the way to communicate. Like my thing has always been taking people along with me on a journey. Guys, I did this the other day, got my ass kicked. I wouldn't recommend it. Here's what I learned. Here's what you can take away. Guys, this was amazing. One of the best things I've ever done. You know, here's what you can take away. But in a poetic, emotive way, because that's a creative, you know, what's that sort of intersection of, of things that I enjoy. And, uh, I think that's what makes all the difference. So I'm always looking for that. You know, I'll find, I'll find a lyric in a song. I'll watch a movie. I saw something the other day in Animal Planet that I talked about uh, on a speech coming out next week. So it's just, <laughs> just always sort of being, uh, you know, in tune, you know. Can you explain what the connection was between Animal Planet and then the speech? This this podcast won't air for like two or three more weeks. So your speech will be out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So check this out. There are these penguins. Um 
in New Zealand that when they're hatched, um, the second they're strong enough, what they do is they swim thousands of kilometers away to Antarctica. But the narrator says the crazy thing, they're doing that for food. Right? So they all make this trip. Uh, he says all the food they need is right on the island they started. They, there's no need for them to make that trip. It's quite possibly the biggest waste of time you know, possible in the animal kingdom, right? But their ancestors two million years ago, uh, it's thought that they did that because at the time that was the only food in Antarctica. They had to do that. So it's built into their DNA. It's They're hardwired. And so it's just drawing a line from that to we're no different than the penguins. Like a lot of the things we do, they're hardwired into us, but they make zero sense. The difference is we have the ability to reflect and look around and go, hey, I'm doing this. It doesn't align with what's best for me. I can change it. So it was sort of making that metaphor and saying, one, we do dumb things, and two, but good news. Like if you're aware and you take time to look around, you know, you can you can fix those things. So it's a good example of something that I just pocket in Evernote and then uh, you know put on a podcast episode. Do you build that story in the podcast by like bringing up the penguins or do you just like go straight into the human example and like that's what it's about? Um, so I usually start with like the idea, um, whether it's a quote or, you know, some type of, you know, I go into the, the philosophy a little bit. So um, with something like that, I would just start with the general idea that we need to take time to look around. And a lot of us are doing, 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 you know, we're caught up in these routines, which is great. We need routines, but, you know, it's, it's cuts off some of the most beautiful aspects of being human. And we need to be aware that if we don't pick our heads up and look around, we'll miss out on a lot. And then you can tie the middle into like, here's an example. You know what I mean? And then the end is, so now here's what we do about it. It's pretty, it's like when you're listening to it, it doesn't feel as one, two, three, Yeah. but that's sort of the, the method that I like to use, you know? Do you make more money from having people reach out to you for speech writing or from ad revenue? Now, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Char Charms. If you need a back to school gift or you're thinking about holiday gifts, go check out Char Charms water bottle accessories at charcharms.com. Now back to the interview. Strictly, strictly YouTube. So YouTube, so for an example, um, like it was in between one and three grand a month until about 2020. Um, and now it's, it's about 60, in between 60 and 70 grand a month. So in that's revenue? a long t- Yeah. So that's a long time to see this before you get that pop up. Oh my God. That is wild. What yeah. what do you yeah. want to do with? I mean, like that's a lot of money that you can like work with to build yourself and your company. What do you want to do with that? Because you can do a lot with that type of money to continue to grow. Investing in people, just good people, you know. Um, yeah, I'm working with with someone now, a consultant who's like, you know, I'm. It's it's part of the thing when you go from a creator to. I call it a business owner. Technically, I've always been a business owner, but like my file management sloppy, my, you know, we're sending with my editors, things are flying back and forth. And it's like, uh, no, we need to create workflows, processes, and also free me up so that I'm not doing administrative stuff. The most important thing a creator can do is be in front of the camera. 
So how do we maximize that so that more hours every day are spent in front of the camera than uploading to YouTube, uploading to Instagram, replying to comments, even though that does make me happy. So like doing less of that kind of tugs at my heartstrings, but you get the idea. It's like face to camera, you know? Uh, so that's sort of people you'll win, you'll win or lose because of the people that are around you. And so that's very clear that that's, uh, the first step. For someone who was in your spot nine years ago and they're just starting their YouTube or their TikTok and they know that they want to start getting help around them so that they can spend more time in front of the camera, who would you say is the first hire that they should make? Um, probably an editor. I think editing is pretty time consuming. Uh, it's just it really is finding the right match because I don't think it's an exaggeration to say the story's told in the editing. You know, so depending on uh, what the content is and what the message is uh, is supposed to be, I would I would invest in an editor. I completely. There's agree. something so nice about sending that out and having confident confidence is going to come back well. It's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know. For sure, I yeah. had a YouTube channel that you know it was pretty recent, like this past year, and I had two different series on it, and I had two different intern editors, like fresh out of college and then some high school girl. Um, and it was so funny where you could like see the different styles so clearly in the editing. Mm. And like, it was just for fun. Like I'm not monetizing it. It was just like a, okay, let's just post YouTube videos. Cause I like it. And like, I like being in front of a camera. Um, but I think that having someone that I could just send stuff to and expect it by Friday so I could post it was awesome. So for people listening, I mean, like you can find interns, you can find local, if you can't afford, right? If you can't afford someone, Fiverr is a great space. Um, mm. What's the other one that's like, the other? Upwork is pretty popular. Oh yeah, Upwork is fantastic. But I personally leaned very heavily into interns just because they wanna learn and they like want the experience. And you can see like yeah. what works for you and like what doesn't work for you. It's really fun. I'd like to say it's, it's, it's a really good point because if someone's not excited about it, you don't want them on the team. You don't want them on the ship, you know? And uh, it, to me, it's the most important criteria. I'd, I'd much rather overpay somebody who's just thrilled to be there because the results you'll get won't be, you know, they'll be 10x. So it's worth whatever the, you know, the increase is uh, in, in, in pay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have a couple more questions for you. Um, something that a lot yeah. of creators run into is negative feedback online, especially when their videos start to mm. go viral, get a lot of views. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Um, I've gotten better about like, so the thing is, it depends where like on YouTube, the comments are so sweet. And in, like, when I get a negative comment, it's like, someone screaming that the background music's too loud or like you can tell they're in a lot of pain or whatever it is. Like it's a law of averages. You're going to get people, maybe someone that just doesn't like your stuff. Like this wasn't good. There's nothing you can do. Like, you, you know, the comments that I take personally or not personally, but that I'll give attention to are Eddie. I've been, you know, listening to you since 2015, but X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, this person cares. They enjoy the content. They're coming from a good place and you hear them out. Um, other than like, there was a cup, I had a, a video get a million views on Instagram, which is the first time I'd ever done that on Instagram. And, uh, it was a video about, 
a Naval Ravikant quote who says, if you can't find joy in a cup of coffee, you won't find it in a yacht. And so, for example, like the, the, the negative comments on that were like, I hate coffee or like, clearly this guy's never been on a yacht, right? It's stuff like that's so silly. You can't even really get mad at. Yeah. Uh, but I think you just have to understand like it's par for the course. It's not about you. It's not personal. If you look at any of the biggest entertainers of our time, you take Justin Bieber, for example, go to one of his videos. A third of it's people calling him a loser. It's right. just the way it works, yeah. you know? So understand it's, it's the price. That's all. Yeah. I think it's just turning a blind eye to it and like knowing that yeah. it's good for the analytics. Every comment is just going to boost the video a little more anyways. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. I, I will say though, I mean, you do want to draw a line somewhere again, if it's people that enjoy your stuff and, and, you know, are giving actual valuable feedback, keep an ear open, but yeah, haters going to hate them. Totally. Do most of your friends like know you as like, oh, Eddie's the motivational guy. Like you like spit like motivational quotes at them when they're like feeling low. <laughs> Charlotte, you know, what's funny. I there's like three people that I, I still talk to from even high school. Like there's not many. There's not like the gang from back home that uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've I've completely changed my circle the people i surround myself with associate with hang out with listen to get advice from so uh yeah it's it's just a whole new whole new thing no that's good i think that's great having a small circle like well, it's who it's you good. become yeah, it helps you level up it helps you level up you know when you're with people that when you think you're doing well and the people to your left and your right are like eh. It makes you like, it's like, okay, all right, I get it. Like, there's a lot more to do here. You know, it's a really good mindset to, to have. Yeah. And also when they're, they're leveling up also and like challenging you a little bit. And like, if you have an idea, they like push you a little bit to kind of expand on that and like ask you questions. Absolutely. And those are the best type of friends. And that's exactly who I love to hang out with too. And keeping your circle small, right? Like you don't want to waste your time on uh, negative energy. I don't either. So I love that. Eddie, last question for you. I ask all my podcast guests this in one sentence. What do you believe is the essence of being a successful content creator? Ooh, I love that. Um, starting out, I want to say, I'm going to use a Nietzsche quote, those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who couldn't hear the music. I think understanding that if what you're doing feels good to you, but it's a little weird and not understood by those around you, that doesn't mean it's the wrong thing because it's all in the execution. And if you stick with it and, uh, and you build it, eventually it'll make sense. You know, you have to see it first and then the world will understand it and sort of validate that. So trust yourself. Love that. Eddie, thank you so much for being on. It was so cool talking to you. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please give the show a follow and a rating. Also follow as a creator on Instagram at as a creator so you can see when new episodes come out. See you guys next week.